Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 26 of the Rocket IT Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hyatt, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Stephen Tomlinson and Dave Hollister, co-owners of Level 7 Facility Services. These guys have been on the front lines of the pandemic as organizations everywhere have scrambled to adapt to rapidly changing guidelines and safety measures for commercial and industrial workspaces. Today, we'll learn how Dave and Stephen have built their business to embrace challenges and opportunities as they appear. So let's get started. All right, guys, well, let's just get started. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you, how did you get started? How did you meet? Stephen, why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, we, we met originally in uh, uh, Fantasy Football League. Nice. <laughs> yeah, probably, I don't know, 15 years ago? Yeah, at least. Yeah, yep. And then we were just kind of friends, at, you know, from a distance. We didn't see each other that often for for a long time. And I guess we'd see each other at the Fantasy Football League draft every year and uh, be like, hey, Dave, how's it going? And and that would be about it. Like, we just really didn't know each other that well. And, and, and Dave was in the landscaping industry for a number of years, and I can let him dive into that. But Wow. Dave uh, likes hard work. I can tell I, already. I do. I, I don't know why I like it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I like relying on labor. Okay, mm. we're going to get into that. All right. <laughs> and so I'd gotten into the cleaning business, oh gosh, probably 12, 13 years ago in Savannah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I, was, I had a business down there and, and moved up here to get married in 2012 and sold the Savannah operation and, and started over this with the same business model from scratch. So, and that was when level seven was started. And so Dave reached out to me in 2015, 16, early 16. Yeah. And, and he was at a career crossroads and was interested in, in looking around and, and, and I could probably let him tell it from his side of the story, but I'd always been impressed with him and, and, and was anxious to sit he down. He was really good at fantasy football. Yeah, he yeah. is really good at fantasy football. That's a <laughs> nice. whole different story. But yeah, no, he's he's embarrassingly he's actually been recently kicked out of my league because he's too good. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's there's there's a great story there. But yeah, uh, yeah. It's a mob rule. They're like this guy can't play. I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> when he expressed interest in in talking to us about getting finding a role with us. I was like, yeah, no, Dave's a great guy. Let's sit down and, and hear what he's got to say. And and so we met for lunch at Baldino's on Buford Highway. Nice. And then by the end of that conversation, I was like, this guy gets it. He he totally sees, you know, the same sort of business philosophy that we have, and we need to find a role for him somehow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. was that was that role clear from the outset? And okay, Dave, you're in a groove. This is where you're gonna you know, was hat hat you're gonna wear, and this is what I'm gonna do. Or or was it less clear than that? Well, so when I was looking, you know, I, I was in the landscape industry for about 25 years. Wow. And I mean, that goes back to me being 16 years old, pushing yeah. a lawnmower, and I was working with my buddy from high school. And, you know, when I was looking at opportunities, I was looking at, for whatever reason, wanting to get into sales, which I now realize is a big mistake. But <laughs> I <wouldn't> say that. <laughs> You're good. I am not a sales guy. Huh. But, you know, I when it, with the company, we started with a, a very small company and we were able to build it up to about, you know, $2 million. And mm-hmm. so at the time where I was meeting with Steven, we were, our level seven was a small company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've already been through it. I've been through a lot of the, you know, even though I wasn't an owner of the company, my friend slash boss treated me like I was. Oh, I was involved nice. in all of the, you know, the P&Ls, all the consultants, all of the, you know, and I really, really learned a lot. And I felt like I had a lot, a lot to offer, you know, and just sitting down with Steven, like I had some opportunities to try like some, some sales jobs and thankfully I didn't take them, you know, <laughs> and you know, Steven's like, let's get you in here. Let's, mm-hmm. let's give it a shot. You know, and one of the things that was a requirement for my, for my side is I wanted at some point to be able to buy into the business. Sure. Right. So he's like, well, let's give it a trial period. Let's see how it works. And within three months, we were working out a deal for me to buy into the company. Really? So, wow. I mean, that's, that's a pretty darn short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it, we clicked. 
Stephen yep. and I saw, you know, eye to eye. I mean, he's the yin to my yang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real. Like, nice. Like, I, you know, I'm always very conservative about jumping in, and Steve's like, just jump in. <laughs> right. We'll figure it out. Right. You know, and, and it, we work very well together in that, in that matter. Well, it's good both ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, you know, you often hear opposites attract in all kinds of relationships, mm-hmm. you know, marriage and business and all kinds of stuff. But to have somebody that's kind of that, visionary forward thinker go for it conquer the mountain kind of person with the person that says well why don't bring some safety equipment let's have a plan (laughs) yeah let's just make sure we can get back down right it's a great analogy that's that's a great you know great pair so wow that's pretty awesome yeah man it takes some guts (laughs) i know you know it takes some guts if you've spent some time building a business to bring someone else in i guess it helped a lot that you guys had a friendship that was existing you knew each other but to bring somebody in after three short months and say, okay, come on into the fold. We're going to be co-owners. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I needed somebody like Dave mm-hmm. on board. And, and I think, you know, we, we had some, we had some pieces that were, that were well-placed and think, you know, we had something to build on. We had built mm-hmm. a good foundation, but I, I, I think I was looking for somebody with the same kind of business mindset and, mm-hmm you know, systems mentality, let's build something scalable that, that, that really works and with all the right values too. Right. You know, I think that that's what it boils down to for us is, is our culture and, and, and our values. We try to build everything that we do around those two things. And, that's awesome. And, and so it was, as soon as Dave came on board, I mean, you know, certainly we, we complimented each other well and I, and I realized this guy's got strengths where I've got weaknesses mm-hmm. and, and, and he would say vice versa. And so but more importantly, it was like we, we both kind of saw the grand vision. And so, yeah, it didn't feel like a leap of faith to me. It was like, this is the guy. Right. And, and it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a terrific partnership. So. so I think I can kind of guess, just based on what you said, Dave, about how, how one falls into the landscaping business, you know, the outdoor services kind of business. You start at 16 years old, and that's where you are. And somebody sees something in you and you move up through the ranks. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Less clear to me how I, some, well, I understand you've got an English degree. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you land in the cleaning business? What, what was the draw and the attraction for you guys to get into that specific business? Well, the first thing you do is you get an English degree. Right. right. <laughs> Super important. I know that's you know, one-on-one right there. you got to get that done. <laughs> Well, I always, you know, I always thought that what I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I knew that. Right. And so I think I've always kind of kept in the back of my mind, you know, what are business models that that are healthy and and well. Let me back up a little bit. I I, I came from home building, like flipping houses and mm-hmm. doing some remodeling remodeling work, and then and and so right. recession hit me pretty hard, and so. Yeah. I, uh, I had a I had a one year old at the time, and and luckily I was able to kind of keep my head above water. But I I didn't see you know a stable future there, and and so I was kind of looking around for something else. And 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 I had a friend who was in this line of work and did you know contract commercial cleaning services, and it looked like a really good business model, and it looked like a recession proof business model, right? Because you know even in the worst of times, you, you still have to have somebody do a, a minimum a, a amount of maintenance. And, sure. You know, the trash has to be taken out yeah. one way or the other. So that was probably the, the biggest attraction and, and, and that it is a scalable business if, mm-hmm. you, if you do it right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of, I started talking to my friend who was in, in the business and we, we kicked around some possibilities of going into business together. And we never did put that together, but we're we're still friends. We're we're a friendly competition here. He's he said he's based in Atlanta too, and at the time I was in Savannah. So okay, but he's been he was a big help to me back in the day, and yeah, it's always great to have mentors, right? Yeah, so show the path. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, do you find Dave that there are similarities between the two different industries? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was an easy transition. You know, I have an operational mind, I think, in terms of man hours, right. you know, and whether that's man hours pushing a lawnmower or it's man hours pushing a vacuum, 
It's your inventory, really. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and in fact, it's a lot cheaper. I always looked at, you know, I was like, I can't believe our cleaners are allowed to charge us this much. She's <laughs> in my house for five hours and starts me two hundred bucks. <laughs> Goodness gracious, and landscape, <laughs> right. and I'm getting a hundred bucks for that. Right. I'm getting fifty, <laughs> you know. But, but in general, you know, it, it it's really service. You know, mm-hmm. we're providing a service, sure. and how do you best provide that the most efficient way? And I knew that inside and out in the landscaping, and I, I knew that it would transition pretty easily in the in the cleaning industry. Nice. And so it was it was an easy, nice transition. You know, I, you know, had to learn about. You know, carpet extract or stain extraction out of carpets. <laughs> right. You know, but you learn that. You do learn the technical parts of the roles. And mm-hmm. you, well, you're right. I think once once you develop a skill set for leading people and provide it, you understand the mindset of providing a service. Mm-hmm. That is translatable. Mm-hmm. Heck, you guys could run an IT company. I bet. Right? <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Good. Well. well you know, that's really cool. I, I love your story and kind of how you got started. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, so 2016, we're 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's been about five years. What What is your shared vision for the company? Where, where are you going? Well. Dave I'm, looks looks over at Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we want to keep growing for sure. Yeah. And, and we are putting the pieces in place to keep growing. And it's, you know, it, it, and it comes in, in spurts, of course. And sometimes it comes at with a great deal, a, a great deal of pain. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh it yeah, feels absolutely. like we're going through some serious growing pains right now. Right. You know what? We're trying to put together and tighten up all of our SOPs. You know, and, and sort of keeping keeping the culture of what we do in, at the center of everything and our values. And, and you know, we, we, we meet regularly at senior management and, you know, we talk about our, our vision and direction that we're headed. And, and, and we always we always try to make sure that it's, is, is what we're doing, is it does it align with our core values? Right. But in, in answer to your question, you know, we there's uh, there is a great need for what we do. And if you can show up and do it really well mm-hmm. and be consistent, then there's a lot of market share to be gained. So. Ideally, I think what we'd like to do is, is get our systems down to the point where it's it, it, things are such a science that you, you could take what we do and, and, and put it in another city and it sure. works well there too. So yeah, yeah, we're, absolutely. We're not quite there, but we but we do work on those SOPs all the time. And, nice. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So just out of curiosity, SOPs, standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. How do you guys do that? Is it literally like, you know, I, I worked in retail way back when, and we literally had an SOP book. Mm-hmm. And there was a manual, and you pull it out, and if you need to know how to open the store, close the store, close out the cash register, there's a written document there. Is it like that? or is It, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of times it's a whiteboard. You stand You up start and, there. And mm-hmm. you have two or three people in here to actually do the process and nice. say, okay, this is the first thing we do. The second thing we go, and then somebody else say, whoa, 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 wait, don't be forgetting that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll revise them because they'll, they'll change because we're evolving. Right. As we get bigger, the way the way we start up an account, you know, now versus the way we did it five years ago has completely changed. Right. And so it's a matter of keeping that updated and being able to, you know, and repeatable. Right. You know, and I mean, obviously that's the key, you know, as long as you can get a standard operating procedure that, I can hand to somebody in, in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. say, this is how we do it. You have to look look at look at the book of how we do everything. Here it is. They can do it. I mean, that's our goal. Love it. Now, Stephen, you and I met because you're out there in the community and mm-hmm. representing your, your company and doing that terrifically, by the way. Mm-hmm. Dave, you said... Sales are not, not my thing, not my favorite thing. So can I assume that you're the operator, sort of behind-the-scenes guy? Is the SOP kind of in your wheelhouse, or is it shared? How do you how do you do that? So we kind of share the SOP, but the way we kind of break it out is it's Stephen said from the get-go, I'm going to get the business, and you figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> nice. You know, so promise nice. maker, promise keeper. You got right, it. Gotcha. You got it. Yeah. And believe it or not, we work well. We don't fight too much. Okay, that's good. But no, I mean, I, I've also got Scott. He's our director of operations below wow. me, and okay. he is a former lawyer. 
Oh, wow. So you talk about writing good SOPs. He's a, he's a stud. <laughs> I got to see your prerequisites list. <laughs> English degree, former lawyer. Okay. <laughs> I'm economics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, but, that works pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we do share the SOP, you know, and he, but he deals much more on the, the sales side, sales and marketing, and I'm more on the operational side. I see. Mm-hmm. You know, something you mentioned about setbacks. You know, I've been doing what I do for a very long time. We're in our 27th year at this mm, point. That's and awesome. Just this week, had a conversation with my leadership team that we've had before, but just have to remind them because we set our goals high. Mm-hmm. And I know from my own experience that we don't always hit our goals, but I also know that it's important to set those goals high because when you're reaching for it, even if you fall a little bit short, you're probably still doing pretty darn good. That's right. Right. But what the discussion we were having was, you know, every entrepreneur, every leader, when we're setting those goals, ideally you start, you know, down in the the bottom left and we want to go to the top right. And the ideal way to get there is just straight up, right? Mm -hmm. A straight line, Mm -hmm. the shortest distance between two points. But then when you look back and say, well, how did it go? Right. It's up, down, up, Mm -hmm. down, up, down. It's one step backward, two steps forward. Sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes it's two steps back and one step forward. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that those dips and valleys, it always feels terrible. Mm-hmm. But when we look over a long period of time and say, okay, where are we now? Or where were we? Usually it's incredible. Right. The progress is made despite you know those ups and downs. So Yeah. And you guys have had some real, I mean, we all have, but I would think particularly in your business, you know, just, just so our listeners know, hmm. your business is uh, you are uh, cleaning facilities such as commercial office buildings, industrial spaces, warehouses, things like that. Did right. I have that right? That's correct. And so we're in the middle. We think we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't know if we're the beginning of a pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully we're, we're towards <laughs> we the hope, end of a pandemic. Right. right. But things have changed a lot in the world. And, you know, we're working from home. We're nowhere in the office, but then you got to you know, clean all the services and then don't worry about, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that's been a rough and tumble kind of ride and experience for you guys. So how do you deal with all that? How do you cope hmm. with all that craziness in the world when you're trying to build this highly stable, highly predictable business with, you know, underscore the standard operating procedures when the world isn't standard right. how, do, how do the standard operating procedures work yeah that's a that's a great question you know certainly last year was it was a wild ride mm-hmm. and it wasn't all bad in the end but it it was it put us to the test right like everybody i think yeah. i think most businesses and and you know we count our lucky stars because you look at restaurants and some other businesses that just you know couldn't survive right and so we're, we're lucky in that regard. I think a lot of people have asked us, well, you guys are in the cleaning business. You must be one of the businesses just like killing it right now. And mm-hmm. like, well, actually, you know, when, when the pandemic first hit and everything shut down, we lost 75% plus of our recurring revenues wow. like, like that. Yeah. And so, you know, we're sitting around like deer in headlights. Okay, what, <laughs> right. what do we have to do to survive? Right. I mean, are, are we going to end up having to lay people off? Are we going to end up, you know, how do we how do we get through this and mm-hmm. who knows where it goes, but I got to credit my partner, Dave. We, we all did come together as a team, but Dave really spearheaded the effort to, to get ahead of all the disinfectant misting and mm. disinfectant, you know, services that, that we could lean into because obviously our phones were ringing for that immediately. Right. And, and, and then we shifted our marketing perspective too, uh, or, and, and said, look, the, the People are looking for disinfectant cleaning right now. They are not looking for recurring janitorial. They're not, they really are not concerned about pressure washing and glass cleaning. You know, pe- people need to feel safe when they go into right. their buildings. And, and so, you know, we, we changed up our website. We changed up our marketing message. Now, granted, we, we know that the long-term relationship is still our bread and butter, that commercial janitorial. Mm-hmm. So we were able in just a couple of months after losing all that recurring revenue, to, to replace it pretty quickly with disinfectant, but it was a lot of one-offs, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of kind of onesie twosie stuff. But we we had all these new relationships that we wouldn't have had before. Interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, our goal, at least on the the sales side in particular, was 
let's capitalize on this. Let's we don't want to you know get rich off the pandemic. We we want to provide a reasonable price, reasonably priced service, and a, an effective service, and and be a resource. But you know we we want the relationship for the long term, and so we 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 made sure that everybody that reached out to us knew that you know we, we're here for you. This is you know, we we understand what you need right away. We would love to build this relationship, and and you know, hmm. and, and so we have we've picked up a lot of recurring business through. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and it was crazy. Some of our competition, we would come in seventy five, eighty percent lower. Whoa! Than what some of our competition was charging. Wow! You know, and if we didn't have any sort of reputation, if they didn't know who we were, they're like these guys don't know what they're doing. Like you're how almost you too be, low. How could you be that low? <laughs> right. And I, you know, you'd have to really you know, know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and show them actually scientific proof and say, look, these guys, I mean, without saying it, being like, these guys are ripping you off, right. Right? you know? Right. And, and our end goal is like what Stephen was saying is to be able to develop that long-term relationship, turn mm-hmm. it into the janitorial contract or, right. you know, whatever it is that they're looking for. You know? I think that's great. And I think it's super smart, your approach. So much patience is required mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs and business leaders, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, I'll give you an experience. So I, I remember the Great Recession. You know, I bet you not everyone on your t- team remembers the Great Recession. Not everyone on my team remembers the Great Recession, but I do. Yeah. And my recollection of that is, yeah, it was really bad in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of our customers that were suffering. Some of them closed door, their doors never to return. But like, kind of like what you were saying, there were opportunities to leverage up and level up into mm-hmm. other organizations that previously wouldn't even, you know, take our phone call. Well, suddenly, you know what, we've got to figure out a way to lower IT costs and we've got to figure out a way to get through and survive this. Mm-hmm. And so now they're open to outsourcing certain functions that they weren't previously willing to do. And so overall it worked out really well. And we still have some of those clients that we built relationships with when things were tough and they'll remember that. So I applaud you for, Having the vision to do that. That's cool. You know, something you mentioned that I think is really important, and we've talked about on this show before with some of our other guests, but I don't I don't think I think every entrepreneur need, entrepreneur needs to know this. And you mentioned staying true to your values. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about that. What's what's the work of understanding what your values are? And do you also maintain a purpose and a mission? Is that part of the deal? Does it get talked about within your team? I'm just curious how that part of the business works. Did it exist? Did you create it and then hmm. Dave came along or did you guys do that later? It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's a continual Always. work in progress. Right. But when and that's I, one of our values actually yeah. is to remain dynamic and yeah. always striving for improvement. Love it. But there were there were core values. We've, we've worked on them continuously. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, there were. <laughs> and there's a little bit of humor to it, which... Right. You know, it leads to one of our core values is enjoy what you do every day. Yeah. And that's really one of the most important in my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in the cleaning industry and, you know, it's, it's not a sexy, sexy job, mm. you know. And so how do you, how do you attract new talent? How do you get people to come in? And obviously in the labor crunch now that we're dealing with, it's even more pronounced. Right. You know, and, you know, providing the culture that we take care of, you know, our people. Mm-hmm. And that we really truly care about their well-being, and we want them to enjoy what they do, you know, it, it plays a big part in retention and hiring, you know, and being successful just in general. So, I mean, that's just one one value in particular that we just really, really, really hang on to. That's fantastic. Now, is that something that's kind of stays in the C-suite, or is it like, do your team members know about your values and, and what they are? They do. That's great. They do. We work on it. You know, yeah. I, I think we do a better job of keeping it within our management team, mm-hmm. you know, but we stress it, you know, in our operational meetings, you know, I want every single person to understand that's, that's our goal. Right. You know, you know I mean, ultimately, you know, I, I sit through classes and they say, you know, what's your purpose? Why are you, why do you have a cleaning company? Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> you know, and, and really what it boils down to is, you know, we want people to come in and work for level seven and be better for doing it. Right. You know, and, and, and whether it's, hopefully it's more than collecting a paycheck, you know, hopefully we're given an, op- an opportunity to grow. But if it is just collecting a paycheck, at least 
we're providing that service. But right. our goal is for everybody that comes through our doors to be a better person for some way, you know. Yeah, and that's great. Stuff. We really also encourage an ownership culture. We, we, we don't expect for people to come in and hear us say, this is the way it is, it's the way it's going to be, and you, these are the rules you're going to play by, period. We, we expect for everybody to provide input, particularly those who are we're, do, doing the work where the rubber hits the road, because you know, that's where you're going to get the best ideas. So we, we always encourage feedback. If somebody comes to us, I mean, as we're onboarding people and we, we try to constantly remind them, you know, look, if there's a better way of doing this, let's talk about it. Right. We, we want to hear about it because that is, that is one of my favorite goals is that we are constantly striving for improvement. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that remaining pliable is important. We have a lot in common. Uh, so mm-hmm. one of our values is find a better way. Mm-hmm. Another one of our values is have a blast. You know, we like to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's the last value. Have a blast because you got to do the other ones to have permission to have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but it is on there because I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. So, Dave, you mentioned that you don't often get into an argument, but you know I've been running as the sole shareholder of Rocket IT, and so that has its pluses and its minuses. You know, it, it, there, for a very long time, it was me doing all the work, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't another partner to help take some of the load off. Now I've got a great leadership team, and, and maybe it's not so bad anymore, but, uh, but back in the day, that was a big thing. So how, how do you resolve disputes? What, what happens when you've got two people that might have a difference of opinion on how to get things done? Do you just arm wrestle, or <laughs> how, do, how does that work? <laughs> you know, I think we do a good job checking egos at the door. Okay, good. I think that Dave and I both are – able to listen to not only each other but those around us and if if we're in a meeting and, and I look at it this way and I say hey guys you know I, I really feel pretty strongly that this is this is the direction we need to go and, and you know let's let's set things up like XYZ and then Dave or Skalk or Margo chimes in and says no you know, you know you're not thinking about this right you're not thinking about this clearly you know I got no problem and then I would say that about everybody around the table Stepping back and saying, you know, if your idea is better than mine, I don't need to own it. I, mean, I don't. I don't have to be the guy that came up with the right idea. I just want the right idea. And is that right, Dave? Absolutely, it really is. <laughs> okay, good. It really is. All right, well, and, I'm, and you know, I trust say, but verify. I just want to make sure. We <laughs> <know>. <laughs> and, and I think I'm re- I really am speaking for everybody at yeah. our senior management, you know, and on, on our team there. And but particularly, I think it starts with me and Dave. So, yeah. yeah, and ultimately, Stephen and I. We hire people that are way smarter, smarter. <laughs> right, than us that's anyways. the idea. Good idea. And we recognize that we're not the smartest guys in the room. Right. You know, and we're humble enough to say, you know, you know what, your idea might be better than mine. And we, like you said, we check our egos out the door. I mean, it's really hasn't been an issue. That's, I mean, we, we may have had a couple of disagreements, but nothing that we can't just talk about and get through. Right. It sounds like you're very, very intentional about the way that you're building the business and the way that you're focused on, on operations. Not everyone is, you know, a lot, a lot of folks are look, this is a job and I got to get in here and get it done. And it's insanity all day long. And then I'm exhausted at the end of the day and you know, repeat. Do you, where's that come from? Is that something you've just sort of learned over time or do you, is there a, maybe a process, you know, like and a lot of people are doing like EOS, the entrepreneur's operating system, things like that. Is there something that you're using as a structure or is this more organic and sort of figured it out along the way? I think it is organic. And I think it's one of the reasons that Dave and I clicked early on is mm-hmm. that we both believe in, in, in process and we both believe in systems and we, and, 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 I, and you have to, you know, the, the old adage, you, you know, you, you can't steer the ship if you're down below bailing out water, you know, you, it's, <laughs> and there are some stretches where it, I mean, honestly, this past few weeks feels like for me that I, I just have no choice. Like I'm drinking from a fire hose every right. day. But wow. to your point, you know, you got these peaks and valleys and it's growing pains. You got to take advantage of the times that are kind of smooth sailing. Right. And, and, you know, let's, let's always watch what we're doing strategically. Let's mm-hmm. always look at, you know, how, how we could be doing this better. But that's, that's a mindset that they brought in immediately too. And we just sort of click there. Where, yeah. where does that come from, Dave? Well, so, in the landscaping business, we got to a point where like we had a great 
core group of guys. And I had them, you know, so trained and working so efficiently that whenever we'd bring somebody in from the outside, my guys would literally run. I mean, we would do 40. I'd have a group of four guys that would do 40 to 50 yards in a day. Oh, wow. People, Are you serious? Yeah. People would come in and they would be like, cow. how many are we doing? <laughs> and I mean, my guys, I mean, it got to the point where I like the first person out of the truck was the edger. Second person would start the machine. If I saw somebody weed eating, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we got it down and I knew that we had to finish a yard in seven and a half minutes, you know, and, you know, people were paying 300 and something bucks a month. And wow. anyways, it made it really, really, really difficult to hire people because my guys were running so much, you know, in order to get it done out of necessity and just out of loyalty, you know, to us. But they didn't want to quit, even though they were working like crazy. Wow. You know, and so for me, like it was, it really helped me learn. I want to stay ahead of that, that labor curve. I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a good balance. You don't want to get too far ahead where you're not making, you know, a profit. But the flip side is you don't want to be so far behind. We couldn't hire anybody. Right. You know, we couldn't get people to come in. We couldn't grow. You know, both my, my boss and I, we were working so many hours that, you know, I, I was finally so burnt out and I realized he didn't want to grow because we couldn't hire people. Right. You know, and so I just kind of plateaued and I continued to work just ridiculous hours. And I was like, I can't continue to do this. And so I've really always had that mindset of, look, we've got, we can't be killing our, our guys. Mm-hmm. We've got to be kind of ahead of the curve, be able to plan, you know, and yet still be able to be profitable at the same sure. time. So it's always been very you know, a forefront of like the way I think. Right. You know, just, and, right. It, and it's from being in it, in the middle of it. So. Well, it sounds like that experience has served you well. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember, was it E-Myth mm-hmm. where they were talking about working in the business versus working on that's the business? Right. Yeah. And I think that's so important for leaders of a business to be able to step away from, okay, I've just got to grind here and get, you know, there are days we had in, in, weeks sometimes yeah. where we have to do that. But the mindset, if we can get to the point where we're focusing our energy and attention on working on the business, long-term, that's going to be way better every time. It that's sounds great. like you guys have done a really great job with that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. We try. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about what's, what's happening right now in the, in the field. You know, we're, like I said, we're in the, in the throes of this pandemic. We've mm. got the Delta variant is threatening possibility that we have to go back to everybody working from home and things like that. What's, what are you seeing out there in the, in the field with what businesses are doing to cope with these rapidly changing conditions? Well, go ahead, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) This is a hard one. You take it, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Some of the class A business or businesses, They've kind of left it up to their employees whether they want to bring it back to the, bring it back in. You know, I think moving forward, we're always going to have some sort of hybrid working space. Right. But, you know, what we found is from a cleaning perspective and contracts and getting new contracts that a lot of people are very hesitant to go ahead and bid out their janitorial because they don't know what the future holds. Mm -hmm. You know, they might be running at a 40% capacity where they're, you know, pre-pandemic they're at 100 percent or 90 percent so they they're real hesitant to come up you know kind of change the scope of the cleaning and so we've we've run into that but you know in terms in terms of the delta variant i think people are people honestly just so done with it right you know they're ready to just get past it they they don't want to believe this is happening again (laughs) you know I'm going to go to this 80,000 sold out event at Mercedes Benz stadium, no matter what, (laughs) you know, I'm good. I've been vaccinated, you know, and uh, you know, I just, I don't know. It's even what. Yeah, that's right. I I would say the same thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. certainly when, when it really hit the fan last year, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody, I mean, you know, I, I for one was like, disinfecting my groceries before I brought them right. out. Like everybody yeah. is just like, I don't know I what to do. This for, yeah. You know, and there's not a lot of data to work with and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of, you know, speculation. And, mm-hmm. and, and now we know a little bit more. And I think that things are, 
things don't have that same sense of urgency that they did last year. Right. Even though if you look at the numbers, you know, it's it's pretty scary what's going on right now. Sure. I do think the vaccinations definitely give people some peace of mind. But we, we have seen an uptick in, in a lot of the disinfectant services. It's nothing really? like it was last year. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, I guess only time will tell, mm-hmm. right? That's right. So tell us a little bit more. I want to go back to the the, the culture thing just a little bit and, and your team. You, you'd mentioned, you sort of alluded to kind of high turnover. And I, you know, I saw a statistic multiple places recently saying 40%, you know, 40% turnover is what's sort of predicted nationally, right? Mm-hmm. How do you work with bringing new teams, team members in and getting them up to speed on what the culture is in your organization so that they understand what's happening? What's the process for that? Part of our onboarding process is, for one, going through our values. You yeah, know, so saying so right up front. Right up front. Yeah. This is what's important to us. Mm-hmm. This you is know, who we are, right? This is who we are. This is, and we work very independently. We work well together. You know, you have to be self-motivating. And we make it very clear on the front end what we're looking for when we're, when we're trying to hire somebody. And, you know, we've made, our, we've made plenty of mistakes. You know, we, we brought people in who didn't fit on the bus, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to recognize that and recognize that somebody doesn't fit and doing something about it, you know, allows the rest of your team to say, okay, we're not going to put up with media, mediocrity. We're not right. going to let you try to pick up for this person because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, but I, I think just to go back to what you're saying, just a, a good onboarding process and part of that, you know, we always like to celebrate people when we're especially when we bring them onto our management team. We bring everybody out. We celebrate the first day that they're there. You know, we'll just go have them bring their family and just... Really? Wow, great. And really just try to make them feel home. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that... I, I heard some sort of stat saying people start the first day of work, you know, and they get sent, you know, some papers. They get sent and put in their office and they fill out the paperwork. And then after that, they're... You know, 40% of the people, I think, is what it was, want to quit after the first day or start looking for another job. And so we try to combat that by being the complete opposite, Mm -hmm. by really trying to celebrate them, you know, be as helpful as we can, bring them on board, and try and show them what their job's going to look like and be very clear with what our expectations are. Yeah, I love that. You know, something we talk about here at Rocket IT every once in a while, and it sounds like you guys are focused on this also, is curating experiences for the people we interact with. So you obviously spend a lot of time on that with your customers of, hey, when we meet a prospect for the first time, here's the experience that I want them to have. Same thing with a new employee. This is the experience I want them to have so that when they walk away, they can say, wow, that was pretty awesome. And the reality is it was all planned, right? You had a, you had a structure in place and a system in place for that. And it sounds like you're doing a great job of, of that. That does make me think about, you know, so the reason you guys got on my radar in the first place is uh, Stephen and I met at our local chamber of commerce and you were on the board there, which is impressive because you know, a, lot of, a lot of leaders really need to be in the community for a very long time hmm. before they're invited to participate at the board level in some of their most important community organizations. And here you were, you know, five, six, seven years in and on the board of our Chamber of Commerce. So obviously community is an important part of what you guys do. Can you tell me about sort of, is there a strategy behind that of, you know, is it all about, you know, more business for, for level seven or it doesn't seem like that. It seems like there's more to it than that. I'd like to kind of hear about what, what your approach is and your thinking on this topic. Yeah, I think Dave hit on it earlier a little. Um, we, you know, we, we want to make what we do meaningful, I mean, mm-hmm. not only to us, but to everybody on our team. And I, and it's what we ultimately sell as a commodity. And granted, we like to think of ourselves as the gold standard in, in our industry. Sure. And, and, and I think we could certainly lay a, a legitimate claim to that. But 
at least in, in our market. But, but you know, cleaning a building is, it, it is unsexy and it's, and it's, uh, it's easy to look at it like, well, somebody wants a job and, and, and they need a paycheck. And, and so mm-hmm. we're going to give them this task to do and, and then we're going to pay them. And, and that's the, it's a, that's the exchange. And, and we, and, you know, when you, when you think about, well, I want to look back on my career like I did something meaningful. How did we, how did we take advantage of our presence in a community to actually bring about some, some change in a positive way in mm-hmm. the communities in which we do business? And that is in our mission statement. Love it. Yeah. So, you know, immediately we're thinking about ways to do that. And, and we, we volunteer time doing things like planting trees with, with City of Chambly, which is oh, nice. so, and, and we've we've organized our own civic cleanup events from the Union Cleaning Company. So mm-hmm. perfect. But the chamber is a great way to do that. Obviously, sure. I mean there are industry groups that, that help you get plugged into, like EFMA and BOMA, in our world, where you know vendors and property managers can kind of coexist, and, and and there are a lot of charity opportunities to work through those as well. Um, but really getting involved in the, the Shambly Chamber early on, which is which is a much smaller chamber, but a, but a trip. Is that where you're headquartered, Shambly? We're, our office is actually in Doraville right now. Okay, but so you're close, right in that community. Those two are, for our listeners that might not be from here, are right next to each other. Yep, yep. that's right. And then, but we, we are actually, hopefully, if everything goes through with our building we have under contract, we'll be, we'll oh, be Guanetians here this is in news. a couple yeah, of months. Yeah, that's great. So, I knew well, you were looking. I hadn't, I don't think I'd heard the update that yeah. you've got one. Figure it out. So, yep, we hope to be closing in maybe 30 or 40 days if all goes well. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. So we'll be on Medlock Bridge in Beach Street yeah. Corner. So. Great neighborhood, great place to be. But we'd always heard great things about like, the Gwinnett Chamber, and obviously it's a big organization, and, and it's and Gwinnett is such a terrific business community. And we did a lot of business in Gwinnett. We, mm-hmm. had, you know, we had a lot of relationships there, and we're, of course, right on the kind of the border of the cabin, Gwinnett, mm-hmm. anyway. So... We we've been involved with the Shambly Chamber, which which we really enjoyed, and we we met a ton of great people, and it does. I mean, it gives you a sense of meaning for you know sure. in what you're doing. And Absolutely, to be plugged into to, to the community. But we we kind of dragged our feet on the Gwinnett Chamber. I don't know why. We, if I had to go back in time, we would have done it earlier. But really, huh. it was probably what 2017 or 18. Mm-hmm. We first sat down with Vince, and yeah, and. But once we got plugged in there, we, we sort of were like blown away by what type of organization it is. And, and, and we just said, look, let's, let's go full tilt. Let's get in the chairman's club. Let's, you know, let's really run with this because this organization is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and it's been a, a we do have, you know, no kidding. We have one of the finest chambers of commerce in the country right here in, in our community and absolutely makes sense to belong to it and take part. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I said, I've admired you a lot in the way that you've approached the community and your involvement in the community. I think it's just awesome. And I think, yes, it's a great way to build our businesses. I've, I've certainly built my business at, at our local chamber. Mm-hmm. But it's also just a great way to build really meaningful relationships and to give back to community that's so important to us. So yep. nice job. There we go. Throw in there that we partner with the Rainbow Village. That's true. Hey, we love the Rainbow yeah, Village. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah absolutely. Well, this building, hey, that's big news. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so sounds like you're a little over a month out from closing. We hope so. Yeah. October 4th. Still got some boxes to check, yeah, but we're yeah. on the right track. Yeah, you know, I would imagine we we bought our building in 2017, and, uh, you know, I, I, there are lots of boxes to check, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, oh, yeah work to be done, not only to find the building, make sure it's the right one, but then to make sure our ducks in a row for financing and how we're going to pay for it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. At least you're able to show rock style stability. Right. <laughs> that's right. Years, right. Yeah. So that's good. No, I'm excited for you guys. I Thank can't, you. Can't Thank wait you. To, yeah. To hopefully see we'll, that. we'll have, we'll host you there. For, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 You'll have to have a big open house event that, or something that like that. That would be nice. That would be awesome. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I do have a couple questions for you. All right, so tell me, what what is a, what does a client look like for you? I know I know we touched on it earlier, and I, honestly, I'm making some wild assumptions based on what I've seen on your website mm-hmm. and our discussions in the past. And for me, I sort of understand it to be commercial office space, 
and industrial warehouse type location mm-hmm. is how do you define what that perfect customer looks like and and what are sort of the parameters of what a win looks like when you when you meet somebody that's a great question and, and a, a timely question for us we've actually just been through this exercise very recently with with a, a consultant that we think very highly of and and been very helpful to us oh and, nice and it, it and it, it is it's a it's you know, when you sit back and think, what what is our core customer? What, right. who, who is that person? Who is who is that company? Mm-hmm. Because we do serve a wide array of property verticals, and you know, to your point, of course, office buildings need cleaning and, and uh, industrial facilities, and some retail, in some cases, institutional and churches, and, and so it's a, it's a wide that range. Is, that is a wide range, yeah. And we sort of accidentally got into sports and entertainment facilities doing work for the contractor that built out Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we we came in and, and pressure washed the entire stadium uh, wow. from, <laughs> from top to bottom. It's uh, a big stadium. Yeah, it is a big one, and it mm-hmm. was a big job, and but it was a golden opportunity for us. And, and, and so we, we still work with Mercedes-Benz Stadium today. We do a, a lot of work with them. We do post-event cleaning and, and, and a number of other services there, too. And, and then, you know, from, from that, we, we got work at State Farm Marina. And now we have work at some music venues around town, like uh, Solaris at Lakewood. And, wow. And so. You have some big name clients under your belt. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, very recognizable. Yeah. It, yeah. It looks good on a resume. But, yeah. <laughs> but that being said, not all the, the biggest feathers in your cap are necessarily your ideal customer. It's, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you may want a customer because it looks good on a resume. Right. You know, but. <laughs> When we look back at, you know, when we sit down and we say, okay, who, who are we really after? Who are we here to serve and who we can, you know, align with best? And obviously, you know, one of the defining factors is someone that pays the bills and their checks don't bounce. <laughs> right. That's a big one. On yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> On yeah. time. Right? Let's lead with that. <laughs> <laughs> but also that they have, they have a genuine need for what we do, our core business, and, and they're looking for a partner. They're not necessarily looking for us to, to provide warm bodies and, and instruct what to do. Right. They want us to bring our expertise and and, and, and gives us a chance to come in and write a scope of work for, for their needs and and manage it and find efficiencies. Mm-hmm. And that's where we shine. Yeah. We're not ever going to be the, the cheapest outfit. Right. You know, so if somebody's just trying to hire somebody based on cost, we're not going to be a good fit. So... You know, when we think about an ideal client, we want somebody who is looking for, you know, good quality work, but at the same time, knowing that, I don't know how to say this without sounding, I, it's well in the pay for it, I guess, and, and realizes our value. Well, they recognize know. it as an investment. Yes. Right. It sounds like. Yeah. And, and recognize the investment and what we're going to bring to the table. And ultimately what we do is we strive to take the problem of cleaning off of their plates, mm-hmm. you know, so they, if the way we look at it is if we're on your radar, we're doing something wrong. Right. You know, if somebody's noticing that something wasn't cleaned, we're not doing this, we're not doing our job. And our job is to keep the cleaning issue because everybody's got tons of issues. The last thing they want to be worried about whether or not the place is clean or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that regard, you know, that, that, that plays a big part of it, you know, whether or not they have, you know, they, they're big enough to where it's scalable, you know, whether they have one, you know, more than one office building is, you know, plays a part in it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I do think that's really important to find folks that look at their spend on services as an investment, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, we want that for our IT service clients that they're looking at as not just an expense, but an investment in their team and their growth and efficiency. And ultimately, you know, any decent investment should have a return. And, you know, just thinking about this building, I walked up to this building today and we try to take very good care of our building. But I noticed that on the shady side of the building, there's a little bit of spot there that probably needs to be pressure washed. Mm -hmm. And so my expectation is, is we get that pressure washed and it gives us a return. To, you know, as we're, we've got space for lease in this building. And so if somebody walks up to the building, we want it to shine. Right. And we're going to expect that we're going to command a higher 
release rate than we might if all our shadows, you know, are looking like they're a little tired, right? So, right, right. So, yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, appearances mean a lot. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see where you land in terms of what your ideal client looks like. I know, you know, I know from experience when we're new in a business, what we do is what people are willing to pay for. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Can you take care of this? Yeah. Absolutely, I can. Yes. Can you take care of that? 100%, I'm there. Yeah. But then over time, as we begin to build our base and we've got some revenue going, then I think we can start to hone in on where do we really shine. Right. And that's not, pardon the, the pun for you guys, right? Where, <laughs> where, 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 where can we really make a difference and where are we comfortable? What's the lane where we feel like we can make the, to bring the most value to the table? And I think that's a, constantly evolving thing we do it here we have that discussion regularly about you know there are things that we need to trim and focus on and where where are we good at things and where maybe should we leave the expertise to someone else yeah and i think it's it's good to learn how to say no it's yeah you know uh, yeah and and we we have slowly learned how to do that (laughs) right i use the analogy all the time as you know What's better, the restaurant that has three things on their menu? Oh, yeah. That has 14 pages of things because you can't do everything well. Yeah. You know, and so it, you have to really hone in on what you are good at it and focus, and focus on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the restaurants that have the spaghetti and the burritos, I usually try to stay away from those. <laughs> they don't always work out too, too well. You mentioned something that, that I want to touch base on really quick. You mentioned that you're working with a professional I'm not sure what you consultant. said, but a you know, consultant. Yeah. So I heard coach. Mm-hmm. I am a huge believer in bringing in mentors and people that have walked the walk before. Can you just touch on that for a couple of minutes? How, how did you decide to do that? And what's sort of the, the, the goal there? And, and how's that going? Well, I think they also touched on this a little bit earlier is we, we know what we don't know. And we, we're not afraid to speak up. All right. And so you, I kind of took that as internal team members, but you're bringing in experts from outside. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. yeah. And it started with, well, it's somebody we met through the Shambly Chamber, a friend of ours who is also a working partner in some capacity. And he introduced us to to this guy who's involved with, with Vistage. I'm not sure if you're oh, yeah. Yeah. Vistage. Yep. So, so Dave is, been plugged in with with a Vistage group for now, what, two oh, or three years? Wow. I think I'm going on three. Yeah. So and you're really doing a lot to sharpen the saw, bringing a business coach, participating in Vistage, mm-hmm. which is a, you know, a, I think most people are, most of our listeners are probably familiar, but basically a CEO, peer group. entrepreneur, peer group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we really like the CEO of, of Dave's Vistage group. I think that's what they call him right here. But yeah. The a, chair. The chair. Yeah, the right. chair. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mark Borelli is the guy's name. and. Oh. and He's, he's, he's a whiz and uh, yeah, he's, he's been super helpful to us. And, and then we've, uh, we're kind of up to our eyeballs in consultants right now, but we, (laughs) but as we grow and I think it is part of it, it's, you know, I don't have a sales background, but I, but I oversee a sales department. Right. And, you know, I know how to do what I've learned how to do by doing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but, but I know that there are better processes and better, better ways to do, especially as we grow. And so as we are, you know, as we're, we're setting ourselves up to, to scale, we want to make sure we build these things right. Yeah, and, I love it. And so, yeah. Well, actually, so let's jump in on that really quick. You said setting ourselves up to scale. We talked earlier about kind of the plan from the bottom left to the top right. If, if you kind of look out 10 years, Stephen, what, what does your organization look like? What's, what's the goal there, or the vision for, for your company? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I, we we look ahead to technology and become an oh, increasing goody. role. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you, you know, we, we don't want to be. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, we're going to be calling you, man. Yeah, that's good, how that's going to work. Pass. I uh, was hoping that would lead to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we we well, and, and you know, the, the software changes all the time, mm-hmm. and and some of the hardware changes all the time. And sure, robotics is not quite where it's going to be, but mm-hmm. it'll get there soon. Yeah, yeah they're interesting. There. There's some autonomous. Mm-hmm. You know, four scrubbers and vacuum cleaners. Right Interesting. Now wow. So, yeah. Very cool. And, uh, you know, for instance, yeah, certainly that kind of thing, which, and it's, there's geo tracking and you can kind of program robots to do the vacuum. It's, 
it's got to be the right space. Right. You know, it's, you know, it's going to take some time for probably for an technology. open floor space kind right. of thing. Yeah. 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 They're not opening that door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But one that I thought we came across, I thought was very interesting. You know, right now we, we do a good bit of glass cleaning services on the exterior of buildings. Oh. Now, now we don't self-employ our, our, uh, the, the, the rope screws. We sub that work out. Right. Sure. Reliable partners. Mm-hmm. But my guess is, 10, maybe 15, who knows how long, but in some number of years from now, in the near future, you won't see too many swing stages on the side of buildings and, and guys hanging from ropes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. There, there are all, there's already some technology yeah. in, in, hmm. in the works there. Yeah. Very cool. So it's it's interesting. And, of course, we don't want to be behind the eight ball there. So we, we're constantly thinking of ways. And most directly right now for us, that, that really means good operating software. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we, we're implementing a, a software program right now that we've customized for our business model, and, and it's it helps a lot. And it's, wow! Yeah. So. Well, who knew? I mean, honestly, you go from really what I think has arguably been a history of manual labor right. in this industry to now we have to be technologists and visionaries and thinking about things like software applications and robotics right. and drones. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, that English and economics degree. <laughs> no, that, that, is, that is awesome, guys. So, well, thanks, thanks for sharing that. So let's do, uh, let's do what we call our lightning round. These are the same three questions we ask all of our guests. Hmm. We can jump in with each of you or, or just one of you, just depends on, on how things go. But one thing that I love to sort of understand is usually most of us have somebody in our, in our path that we've run across that really made a profound impact in our lives. Can you guys each tell us about who that was for, for you? I can go first. I, I talked about him a little earlier. It was my old boss, it was Andy Bachelor. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, I, he, I learned a lot of what I should do and shouldn't do from him, right. you know. But he always treated me as like I was his partner rather yeah. than his employee. And he... he showed me how to treat people like he always treated people very well. But like I was saying earlier, I learned how to hire ahead of the path because yeah. I didn't want to fall in the same rut. I love it. You that. know, but he really was instrumental and in like, you know, he, he'd have consultants. He'd always have me in the financial meetings. I always had the P and L, you know, like really, wow. He I, really put a lot of faith and confidence in you. That's, abso- that's incredible. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. I learned, a, I learned a lot from him. You know, and, you know, I, I don't know that I've even called him to thank him you know, at this point. But Hopefully I, he's listening. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, you might want to call him, though. Just, I'll, I'll share this sure. with him. He'll be appreciative. Yeah. But I'm very appreciative of the time and, and the, you know, and outside of that, it's my dad. But, but yeah. Fantastic. How about you, Stephen? Yeah, I, I, that's, I was also going to say my dad first. I've certainly, you know, worked with and worked under and learned from a lot of different people mm-hmm. uh, that I've admired. But, but my dad taught my brother and sister and me early on to always do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. And, right. And if you're going to take the time to do anything at all, do it right. Man, I'll tell you about that all by itself, just yeah. to do what you said you're going to do. Yeah. Sets you apart from 80% of your it's competition <laughs> in, in any business, you yeah. know, not just, not just cleaning business, but Great lesson. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's always been kind of stuck in, in my wiring and my siblings' wiring, too. And it's, I think mm. it's served us well. That's awesome. So what's the single most important lesson you've learned? And let's let's kind of keep it to this this career, the, the cleaning crew. Is there anything particular you guys have learned that's been super important? Keep the right people on the bus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, important. People that don't fit. The longer they are, longer they're on the bus, the more of a cancer it is to everybody. And the quicker you can figure out who the right people are, mm. the faster you can get pointed in the right direction. It's tough to do. It's it very is tough. tough. Yeah. It's a very tough thing. To yeah. Do. Nobody wants to fire someone. But at the same time, you do run into the situations where, you know what? Sometimes the best thing, not only for us, but also for the that's person right. that's leaving you go find a better bus, right? Go find yeah. something that's better suited for you. Absolutely, that's true. And I and I would say, you know, w- once you find those people that are the right people, absolutely empower them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, and 
But yeah, br- bring people on who are go- who are going to do do better than either Dave or I or anybody in our senior management team <laughs> could do. Like you know, we we expect when we hire someone that we are hiring. We're going to raise the bar. That's a little right. Bit, right. Absolutely. Yeah, that is the expectation. Yeah, I like that. I like that approach. So tell me, how do you guys learn? Do you are you book people? Are you hmm. podcast people? YouTube people? So I can't read. <laughs> so I, I'm a book on tape guy. <laughs> nice. Um, one of the one of the recent books that I I listened to was uh, emotional uh, emotional intelligence by oh. Shirzad Shamil. I think it, I'm probably butchering his name. Right. But you know, I've heard I've heard of that before. Yeah. You know it it, it teaches you. You have both two sides of the brain, and one's the survival side of the brain, and the other's the the sage side of the brain. And so, as you grow up as a, as a baby, you learn the survival tactics. You know, which as you grow, can actually turn out to be harmful. You know, mm-hmm. they can be why you're successful, and also go overboard on the other side. And it's being able to recognize what the they call them saboteurs. You know, specifically. Oh, what your saboteurs are and how to recognize them and get through them and think in more of a positive state of mind, you Mm -hmm. know, which is really, I mean, it's been awesome for me. It's been a great book. Very cool. You know, I, I, I know you're joking when you say you can't read, (laughs) but I I am the same way, especially as I've gotten older, it's harder for me to sit down and have the patience to get through something longer. And so I often have to listen if I, if I'm going to get through it, that's, I mean, I'm in I'll the fall car. asleep. <laughs> I'm in the car all, you know, all the time. So it's easy to hit play either on a podcast right. or, you know, a book on tape or something of that yeah. effect. Yeah. Uh, for you know, Chris and Jessica are in the room here. Tapes were these things that we used back in the old days <laughs> to play back audio. <laughs> I did say book on tape, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> An audio book. I apologize. <laughs> How about you, Stephen? Oh, man. I, I, I love to read, but I'm, I always read at night right before bedtime. Uh-huh. And, and if, I, if I make it 15 minutes, I'm like, right. because yeah. I just, you know, I'm, I, I, I crash. But yeah. So I'm a very slow reader for that reason. Mm-hmm. I might carve out a little bit of time on a weekend. Right now, I'm at, I mean, and I also always have like four or five books going at the same time. I'm right. so ADD. Uh-huh. I don't, <laughs> but sometimes I'm in the mood for fiction and sometimes I'm in sure. the mood for something completely different. But yeah, I've got, so fly my dork flag a little bit, but I, I'm reading Marcus Aurelius Meditations right now. And wow. Yeah. I, I like philosophy You're stuff. A cerebral uh, guy. Well, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> much less so. Right. Yeah. I try to pretend. Right. But I, I do think it's important to read fiction too. I really enjoy it, and I think that you know that, that there's a lot to be gained from that. I think it kind of, I don't know, you, it teaches you empathy mm-hmm. for some to get in the mind of people who are not you. you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, right. and yeah, so I, I, I like they're valuable fiction. too. Yeah, they 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 are indeed. <laughs> but. So yeah, I, I like all sorts of different fiction, but I'm reading a Ken Follett book right now called Fall, Fall of Giants. Oh, um, interesting. But I'm yeah, definitely a podcast guy. Mm. Um, I like I, I like and you know if I'm working out or working in the yard or driving, I mean, I like the Tim Ferriss podcast. I like you know, a little bit more mindless entertainment. Dak Shepard, I think, does a really good uh, job. Yeah, he does have a great show, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. entertaining. He's got good yeah. guests. He has some pretty deep questions too. Like yeah, he, he goes, he's a smart he guy. goes, you know, he'll he'll easily wander into the into the woods with you and really pull out some stuff that yeah, you know, you probably wouldn't normally hear on a podcast. That's right. And I like philosophize this is, is one. So again, <laughs> uh, you know, well, anyway, I, I I like. And there's another one that I've recently been turned on to called the Knowledge Project by Shane Parrish. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Nice. So he's he's a real smart guy and asks asks really good questions and has good guests also. I will call you a prolific podcaster then. I think yeah. that's fair yeah. to say yeah. these days. I'm definitely deep into some podcasting. Yeah, right. man, with all the coaches and everything else, you, you, your brain must be growing at an amazing rate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe deflecting that's most fantastic. of it. So for our listeners that are interested in reaching out to either of you guys or Level 7, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Hmm. I would say just go to our website. It's the easiest thing to do. 
L7FS.com. Wow, you guys are maybe one of the shortest domain names I, I've heard in a yeah, while. I'm pretty, pr- pretty proud of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Letter L number seven FS is in facilityservices.com. That, and yeah, it's, it's easy to contact us from there. Okay, so. awesome. You've been terrific guests. Thank you so much for, Thanks, for joining us. Uh, I really you. appreciate it. Good job, y'all. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. On that note, it's time to wrap things up. Stephen and Dave, from myself and our audience, thank you for joining me today. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope that this episode provided you with some new ideas to help grow your business. 